Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, an aid station and a guy who's doing the same right. race is snacking on cannabis chocolate brownies. <laughs> I was like, wow. I don't want any, but you go nuts. Um. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to another episode of the Running with Jake podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. The sun is shining, everybody's happy, feeling positive, and that can only mean one thing. What does it mean, Jake? It means Brushcutter Barry, next door, is on it again. Oh, God. It's that time of year, that's what the noise is. I apologise <laughs> if you have just joined us, if this is the first time that you have stumbled upon our little show and you're looking for a little spike of motivation this is where you can get that but you can also get some kind of interesting background noises during our show mm. uh, particularly during the summer months it's not really our fault i've tried to have a word with barry next door he's clearly not up for it most of the time he can't hear me because obviously he's cutting his hedge yes. it is a little bit it's a little bit of a nightmare but it's just a, it's just something that we have to contend with so we're going to put up with it if we could just ask you the listeners to enjoy the show and just put it to the back of your mind because you eventually you won't hear it. You won't hear it. You won't hear it. It will go. What you can hear now will be filtered out by your subconscious. It's absolutely fine. That's the bad news. What's but the I good do news? Have some... What's no, the that's good... the bad That is the bad news. Right. Which I'm going to counter with some excellent news. This is big stuff. Okay. This is going to benefit our listeners tenfold. Mm. So, uh, if you're a regular listener to the show, you will know that I am myself and my girlfriend. We are relocating from the beautiful city of Bristol to the, in my opinion, even beautifuler city of Winchester. <laughs> oh, I'm nice. not in Bristol, Good. by the way. Bristol's great. But Winchester, mm. I'm well up for that. Uh, girlfriend is a vet. She's going to be working there. And I was tasked last week with going to find us a property. This is you, a huge responsibility, man. It is a massive one. You mentioned that, and I was concerned that you'd be put off by, you know, looking for running routes and stuff like that and kind of forget the houses and see them as secondary. So, with the positivity that I'm feeling from you now, does that mean that you did find a place and you've actually found this a place? This story ends well, Peter. I can tell you that much. Oh, this is good news. So, yes, great. I did obviously find some running routes. That was a priority. I can't help myself. It's just the way I'm wired. If you cut me... In half, down the middle, it will say running. That's who I am. Uh, but I was a little bit under pressure because the last time we made a move to Chester, so I'm not wanted by the police, by the way, but we did move from the East Midlands <laughs> from Derbyshire to Chester. I was once again tasked with finding a property while my girlfriend worked. I found a fantastic apartment, and the day we moved in, we had a massive wasp problem. Like, oh, huge. no. And we were like the top-floor apartment. I, we didn't even open the door to the lounge in the morning because we'd just be hit in the face with all these wasps that were coming through the light fittings. Honestly, God, it was... really? I thought that only happened on horror films. <laughs> that really happens in real life. Wow. This is a real-life thing, and it can only wow. happen to be. So I was kind of under a little bit of pressure, but not only have I found us... A very nice place right in the centre of Winchester. It's going to be perfect for running, perfect for everything. I can't wait. Mm. But no brush cutting. There's no brush cutting. I've already asked. I asked the letting agent when he showed me around. It was a bit weird because this guy showed me around, you know, the kitchen and da-da-da-da, this is there, the central heating and all this. I'm going, that's great, lovely. Um, just, you know, outside, just one question, the grounds there. The, um, you know, the... The, the grounds. The grounds. The grounds, the grounds <laughs> of the apartment. Jay, it does sound rather... It sounds rather, uh, rather massive all of a sudden. I mean, when you say the grounds, you know, most of us have a garden. We normally have, like, a, back, a backyard, but you've got grounds... At okay. the new place in Winchester. The, the garden. <laughs> right. The yard. The okay, yard. the yard. Right, well, use yard. 
Just a question. How often do they tend to the bushes? How often do they cut them through the summer months? Just a little question. And could you tell me, do they cut them on a Tuesday morning between the hours of 9 and 10? I know it's a weird question, <laughs> but it, it's a deal breaker. It's a deal breaker. Fortunately, we are safe. We are going to have a blissful recording session when we move, Pete. I'm very excited. This wow. is in August. So until then, obviously, you've got to put up with Barry next door. Brush cut to Barry, but it's fine. You're not going to hear it. Give it 20 minutes. You won't even notice it's there. You won't even notice it's there because we're about to go to a pre-recorded interview that we've already done. And I know for a fact that Brushcutter Barry's not on it. Actually, while I think about it, I do have one other very small request to ask our listeners. Yes, I know. I've already asked you to just ignore Brushcutter Barry <laughs> next door. But one more little request, if I may, while I have your attention, if it's not too much trouble for you. Uh, I did put out on Instagram recently that I'm super excited about Winchester. Can't wait. New routes. All that stuff. We're moving August. And I did say, look, if anybody is in and around the Winchester area and they want to have a run with me, whether that's on the road, whether that's on the trails, I'm up for it, man. I just want to get involved. I have very few friends there. I don't know many people, so I'm really up for getting out there and meeting new people. Maybe you live around the area. Maybe you're up for a bit of company. Maybe you want to be the tour guide and take me on some routes. I'm well up for it, man. Just drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. Can I do that, Pete? Is that okay? Is that all right to do that? You can do that, absolutely. And if, if you'd like me to be your friend, also use the same email address. Thank you. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Today's guest is Carlo Molinero, record-breaking ultra-runner, strength and conditioning coach, and she focuses on yoga for runners as well. And get this... Le Jog, world record holder. Carla, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Good to chat to you. Does that get boring? Are you sick of hearing Le Jog, world record holder? Or are you still kind of wrapped up in that emotion? How's it feel? Does it feel real? No, it still doesn't really feel like I did it. Like, it's a bit weird. You're like, I look at a map like I've got a map of the country behind me and... I look at it every day and I was still like, nah, that's ridiculous. I didn't run that far. <laughs> it's unreal. So for people that don't know Carla, because there may be some people listening to the show that aren't familiar with Le Jog, just give us a snapshot. What is it? So Le Jog is a route, a rough, let's use that term loosely. You can go anywhere you want, but it's between Land's End in the very bottom of Cornwall up to John O'Groats in Scotland. Or if you want to do it the other way around, it's called Joggle. So John O'Groats to Land's End. And it's about... 870 miles long. I mean, that's insane, isn't it? Is there a, a better route to go? Are there two world records, depending on the direction that you take? No, There's an aeroplane, so... Jake. That's definitely yeah. a better route to take. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How's the crow flies? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter what way you do it. You just have to start at the signposts at each location, start and finish at the signposts, and you can go whatever way you want between them. Uh, as long as it's on foot and like the rules are it has to be on public land and on like roads or footpaths that you're legally allowed on so like i couldn't like nip up the m6 yeah <sighs> bugger you, did you get heavily involved in like the planning logistics of this stuff or did you have people that did that for you were you, were you just focused on actually executing and the, the training for the event no i planned the whole thing did you yeah Wow. I mean, that sounds tiring. Did you second-guess yourself? Was it easy to kind of put that plan together? Or were you thinking, well, is this the best way to do this? Or maybe I need to make some changes? To be fair, I only had three months. So from, like, deciding to do it to get into the start line, which was probably a good thing because 
I didn't have enough time to change my mind or to like recce the route or practice it. So I just had to like make a plan and then stick to my guns and <laughs> hope it worked. Wow. At uh, wh- wow. what, what point did you wake up, Carla, and go, I know what I'm going to do in three months' time? Because I've had that similar sort of thought about, I'm going to go to the pub in three months and have a, <laughs> you know, have a, have a right odd knees up. But I've never come up with anything like that. I mean, what possessed you, uh, essentially, is what I'm asking. The world going into <laughs> lockdown, pretty much. Really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> People did the maddest of things. I mean, yeah. this is... <laughs> yeah, it absolutely. It was literally yeah. as that announcement came out and they were like, all races are being cancelled. You're not going to get to do anything fun. I was yeah. like, all right, well, I'll do that. I'm going to find a loophole here. I'm doing some fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. Exactly. <laughs> I can exercise once a day, all right, for 17 hours. No one gave me a time limit. <laughs> exactly. I love that. I love exactly. that. <laughs> okay, rules. I'm Let's not have sure a look if... at the rules. Right, where can we work? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're okay here. Yeah, exactly. Like Is that. that bending the rules? I don't know. I'm not sure. Pete, I have to confess. So, obviously, Carla has done some amazing things representing Great Britain in the 100 kilometres of the World Championship. Just amazing. Mm. And I, naturally, when you have guests on the show, I do a bit of research, Carla, have a little bit of a nose, have a little look if they're on Strava. And then I saw your Strava, and obviously you've got the graph on Strava at the top of the profile, and you kind of get a snapshot of what people's training's like. As a coach, I know you're a coach, I sometimes look at this to see how consistent they've been. And I looked at the bar graph at the top, and I thought, I don't know what all the fuss is about. She's not really run- not doing that much flipping running. And then I realised you've got two massive spikes, which is 469 miles in one week, which is obviously a little jog, yeah. which which kind of throws everything out. It looks like you're not really doing any training. Yeah. You just, then you've got these two massive spikes. Just incredible. Really, really good. What? How are you in terms of body, in terms of injury? We have to touch on this. Obviously, we're talking running here. Are you pretty resilient, Carla? I know you practice what you preach, obviously, with the yoga and the strength and conditioning stuff. Mm-hmm. But are you a pretty tough cookie? I am, but I think like anyone that does any sport, you are always at risk of getting injured. But I try like doing the strength, conditioning and yoga. I do that every week, like one session of each, like religiously every week. And then I go and see either a physio, an osteo or someone for sports massage, like once every two weeks. I just keep on top of it. Like for me, I would rather go and see someone when there's like nothing wrong and they just like check everything's okay to basically stop anything happening so yeah and i've pretty much done that for quite a while now so it's more like maintenance then just 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 keeping on top of it making sure everything's ticking over rather than oh my gosh there's a big problem you need to fix me now panic and then i take like big chunks of rest in the year as well which i think like even the guys i coach like they hate it when i put in their program like rest week they're like what can i do i'm like nothing and then they get really upset where i think those weeks they're really important to do nothing. <laughs> it helps your body, like, chill out and your mind and, yeah, it just gives you a break from it. You need a reset, don't you, as yeah. well? And you mentioned the mind there. I think sometimes people have been working, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, but people set these big challenges for themselves, which obviously big challenges to the individual and then they achieve that or they attempt to achieve it you know it culminates on that day or that week Mm -hmm. or those days or whatever and then it's all right what next you need to reflect on it don't you how did it go what did you enjoy what didn't you enjoy where are you going to go next do you have a process with this for yourself how do you set these challenges i mean pete asked you about you know how do you wake up and think right three months time i'm going to attempt the jog world record but do you have these kind of a bank of these mammoth tasks and goals that you want to achieve in your life 
Where does the inspiration come from? (laughs) Yeah, basically looking at maps and then going, what can I do next? And hearing about other people doing these like mega runs and stuff. And you're like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. And then I'll just copy them. It's amazing how you get inspiration from other people, actually, yeah. isn't it? I say this most weeks. When we speak to people like yourself, Carla, I find myself getting sucked into that world of running beyond the marathon distance, which I'm yet to do. But I can see it happening at some point because you just get influenced yeah. by it. And you obviously like, yeah, I can see the map. We have you on Zoom now. I can see you sat in front of that big picture of the UK. Do you love the exploration side of things? Do you like that rather than just kind of your flat, fast, waymarked sort of marathons? Is that kind of your bag? the long stuff and the creative stuff i like both like i think i really like like the fast and furious stuff where i can like run and feel my lungs bleeding like that's quite fun but not all the time and then yeah like the exploring bit i really like slowing down and like taking everything in and i think when you do something on foot you get to see so much more of a town a place a route a trail than you would if you were driving because when you're driving you miss massive sections where you know when you're on your own two feet you have to go slowly because there's only a certain speed you can run at and I like it that you're made to slow down because I find like even if you go on holiday that we're always in a rush aren't we like need to get to the airport need to go as quickly as I can get to the airport need to get to my accommodation as quickly as I can to go and sit on the beach and like you miss everything in between whereas if you're traveling on your own two feet like you have to enjoy that process because there's no other way of getting there. I think it's a great point you made actually because sometimes we do you know life moves at 100 miles an hour and you've got to sometimes stop not necessarily completely physically but just to take things in and absorb and maybe a bit of reflection as well and stuff without getting too deep but you know when you're doing the long stuff Carla so these you know these huge challenges and you're surrounded in beautiful countryside in beautiful parts of the world are you able to take things in because and the reason I ask that is the speeds are naturally going to be slower than if you're running a fast flat 10k or something like that so you're running slower but you're still racing and pushing yourself effectively you know and you're probably thinking about how you're feeling the strategy you know checking the body from head to toe are you in one piece all that stuff pacing can you absorb what's going on around you can you take in the nature yeah, you can. It was really funny. On like day three of La Jog, there were these Welsh guys running with me. We had just crossed into the border of Wales and they're like, as you come around this corner, you're going to see this amazing church. Like it's so beautiful in the bottom of the valley. And I was in a raging mood at this point And I was like, I don't care about your stupid church. <laughs> so I like, go around the corner and I'm like, oh, brilliant. Look, there's the church. Oh, and they're all banging on about this church. Then we slept there, and then the next day we woke up in the same place, and I was like, yeah, it's a really pretty church. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, you do actually get to take it in, like... Mm. Even if you're like in a mood and you're like, I don't care, you're like, yeah, I do. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to naturally go through those highs and lows. I mean, uh, people listening to this that have done much shorter stuff than yourself will know that you go through those emotional mm. highs and lows in an event, a race. So oh, I feel good, I feel bad, I feel good, I feel bad. That must be draining for yourself to go through those as frequently as I imagine you do over such a big event when it's mm. over days, for example. Do you have certain ways of managing the mind i like to ask a lot of our guests this carla that do big stuff like yourself where do you go in your mind do you have some tactics to manage that to be fair when i was doing the jog it came at like the same point every day so it was like five o'clock in the evening and it would kind of last like three or four hours but for me i just wanted to be left alone i just wanted to like crack on 
and just move forward and get that part of the day done. And it took the crew like and my team like a couple of days to kind of get the hang of it. And they were basically like, just give her food and water and leave her alone. Like, I just didn't want to chat. And for me, it was like, it was just a bit tiring. You'd been talking to people all day that had joined me running, which was really fun. But then by the 10th time in a day when someone's like, do your feet hurt? And you're like, yeah. They're like, are you tired? You're like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. And it's really difficult because I didn't want to talk to anyone. But once we figured that out, they basically just left me alone for that little bit in the afternoon. And as long as I was moving forward, I was pretty content with what I was doing. I mean, people have all good intentions, don't they? You know, they, they want to help. Yeah. Everybody in life wants to help and sometimes asking questions. And sometimes people don't know what to say in situations, do they? Yeah. And they think they're doing the right thing when actually you perhaps want the complete opposite. It is interesting. And I'm thinking as you talk here, Carla, because, you know, as a coach, I throw myself into my work and looking after my runners. I have my own personal goals with regards to running as well. If I wasn't a coach, I'd still run. So it's my thing. But you have to be careful. I find that I don't over-consume the whole thing and my whole world becomes running which it's so easy they can do by the way because I don't really switch off and I'm super passionate about it do you find that you have to consciously give yourself time out kind of step away from perhaps your runners your own endeavors just running in general people like us contacting you saying Carla come on the podcast you know are you able to get that kind of space and how do you do that I haven't figured that out yet <laughs> <laughs> well keep this short don't worry we'll let you go in a sec <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is really weird. It's like everything that I do is related to running, but I do love it. So, I mean, my job doesn't feel like work because I'm constantly doing stuff that I really enjoy. And I do know that it is important to have that step back. And, you know, like you're saying that like five minutes to like step out of that world of running and do something a little bit different. But I find that I like my friends are runners and like I just gravitate to like those type of people and those type of things that yeah I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet maybe I need to go to like a desert island then I'd probably run around it so I don't, I don't know <laughs> there is that there'd be some crazy challenge <laughs> there you go well you, you want to do an FKT this year right I can yeah. have seen from your website there's some sort of FKT to be decided in July you're thinking maybe that's it maybe yeah. that's it If yeah, you have to go obviously to an island that's in the green zone and yeah. then you'll be absolutely fine if it's on the green list <laughs> you're cool there you go they, yeah. see it's worth coming on the podcast we've planned you your FKT for <laughs> how long have you been coaching Carla how did that start how did you get into that well I guess the whole journey started at university so I did a sports science degree yeah like years ago um and then from there I kind of dabbled a little bit in coaching I did like my personal training qualifications I did a little bit in personal training but I didn't really enjoy it I think because I was spreading myself too thin and like trying to train so many different types of people for like lots and lots of different goals and then it was actually two years ago that I decided, actually, I just want to focus on runners because I'm a runner. I know how to make runners better generally, you know, not everyone always. Yeah, so decided to like focus it and make it a bit more specific. And since then, like I've really, really enjoyed it. And then I went and did last year my yoga instructor's course because I've always done yoga, but I get annoyed when I go to classes and the instructor's like, all right, everyone, put your leg around your head and pretend you're a tree. And I'm like, I can't touch my toes. So I was like, 
I'm going to do yoga for people that can't touch their toes because it is good for you. So yeah, since then, I've kind of added that into my running thing. So it's not yoga for everyone. It is yoga specific for runners. And it's it's quite, I think, like niche in terms of what I do. And the strength and conditioning, again, it's all about making you like a better runner. So it's probably been a journey over like 15 years of like, sports science and training courses and yoga and running coaching to kind of get to the point now where yeah I'm kind of focused on on runners which is cool it feels good to specialize doesn't it I think I'm a personal trainer as well Carl and I did exactly the same thing when I first qualified it was a case of all those years ago trying to be everything to all people yes I'm an expert in everything you know kind (laughs) of thing and of course we know that's not possible and then you find your niche hopefully and you therefore appeal to the right people that you want to help and also can help that's what it's about you know you've got to build that that strong relationship and, and take people on I know it's a term often used today take people on a journey and help them to achieve whatever it is they want to achieve obviously very passionate about yoga and you mentioned your own yoga training earlier when we were speaking and you said you know sort of a couple of times a week for people listening that are perhaps thinking about trying to focus on those other important things rather than just running how much time do you spend on the yoga stuff yourself each week and how much do you advise people that are perhaps a little bit time poor in getting into it yeah so that was like one of my main focuses with setting up my program is that The strength and conditioning and the yoga session, they're both like 30 minutes long. So 30 to 40 minutes. So they're short and sharp and straight to the point because I know like as a runner, I'll go and run for eight hours. But if you want me to stretch for like an hour, I'm having none of it. So they are like short sessions. And I think 30 minutes of focused stretching once a week, that's awesome. If you can't fit in 30 minutes, stop the video halfway through at 15 and then do another 15 on Friday. Like, there's no rule. Like, a lot of the girls and guys in the group do that. They, like, break it up into two sessions in a week. And even the strength and conditioning, we normally do, like, three rounds of all the exercises because it's all, like, a circuit base. Some of them can't do the full 30 minutes, so they do one round, like, three times a week. It's 10 minutes, you know. It doesn't matter if you do it in one go or in three goes you're still getting it done so you know you've got to sometimes just think outside the box a little bit and be like actually i can manage 10 minutes when you're sitting watching tv yeah and i think also knowing that it doesn't have to be 60 minutes for example i think some people have this in their head that if they go for a run it has to be a certain distance or duration if they're going to do some strength and conditioning or a yoga session it's got to last a certain amount of time and if they don't have that time oh it's not worth doing so i won't do anything and what you're saying is well no that's not true just take a relaxed approach if you can only do 15 minutes do 15 minutes for the 30 minute class do the other 15 another day you know be flexible I, i like that i think that's a nice approach and and hopefully people listening to this can be inspired by that to actually start to take action and put this stuff into their training that is ultimately going to help them moving on to your targets for this year i'm interested to hear how london is shaping up for you is that a big focus or is that something that you're just going to do where are you with it and what does it mean to you oh no that's just for fun so i've got another race at the end of october a trail ultra called Tempelliers. Sorry if there's any French people listening. I've probably said that wrong. And that's kind (laughs) of like the main goal for that month. So I think for London, what I might try and do, there's a thing, I don't know if you've heard of it, but basically you do the London Marathon in reverse. So for people that don't have a spot at the London Marathon, you meet at like 4am at the finish and you run the course backwards. Run backwards. You just run (laughs) the course in reverse. (laughs) 
Wow. I mean, either way, it's blowing my mind. Yeah. To be, I've not, I've not heard of this. Is this a new thing, or what's, what's this so about? So I, I did it about three years ago, <laughs> and it's like I don't know how I found it. I found this like random Facebook group, and they're like, meet at the clock at 4am I was like alright and you get that and there's like a, an official guy who's organised this that like starts the race and there's different times depending on how fast or slow you want to do the marathon so some people set off at like 2am and then you like run round but it's really cool because all the roads are closed for the marathon already so you've got like empty roads there's like drunk people piling out of the pubs and you're like some nutter like running so this year i might do it in reverse and then do it the other way man this sounds amazing why well, I, I didn't get the memo i can't believe this this is a proper like underground london ma- yeah, i'm up for it do, it, do, do you it. know what i was focused carla on racing the manchester marathon i'm all fired up for that sod that i'm doing this this sounds <laughs> wicked sounds like a lot more fun so i'm gonna meet this fun. random guy at the clock tower yeah, yeah tell you what let's let's both get involved in this jay you meet at the clock tower what i'll do is i shall fall out of a pub at 4 a.m okay <laughs> we can both be involved <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Are you not a big fan of kind of the road fast marathon stuff? Or have you, have you been there and done that? I know you've, you know, looking at your power of 10, you've done quite a lot of marathons in the past and Amsterdam and Brighton and ran some great times. Does it just not float your boat? You know, you say you're doing this as some as fun, the London Marathon. Yeah, so I do like the marathon, but I kind of feel that I'm at that, like, weird time bracket where I'm not quite good enough to, like, get a Commonwealth Games or Olympic time which would be about like for the Commonwealth Games it's about 10 minutes quicker than I can run at the moment so yeah it's kind of weird I'm like I could focus more on ultras and trails and I think I could get more out of my running than putting that effort into a marathon so I still like marathons and enjoy them but I don't really want to smash up my body as much for that I would rather get better at like the road 100k or 50k and try and push those times a bit more it's amazing isn't it what inspires an individual and one thing i find is when you step beyond a marathon and there are things of course there's a a lot of variation below that distance but when you start to step into the territory of ultras it seems to me like it opens up a whole new world Mm. because there aren't really any limits i mean it seems like almost weekly not quite there's a new event that's being created which is equally as bonkers as the previous one if not more so Mm. and just the creativity and the multi-stage events you can do and then you've got navigation that comes into it Mm. the event you did at the weekend tell me a bit about that in scotland because from what i saw on your instagram which was a great finishers photo by the way probably the best (laughs) i've ever seen and on your strava it looked epic and a great route was how did that go how was it Yeah, so that was awesome. So it was an Ultra X Scotland event. So they have like two different like main events. One is 125k over two days, which I did, or they do 250k over five days, like all around the world. And we did 75 kilometres on the Saturday and 50 on the Sunday. And the route basically circumnavigated Loch Ness, which was very cool getting to run around that and like seeing your map at the end going that's quite cool that I've like run around like one of (laughs) the big locks in Scotland it was awesome it was their first event I think for like nine months since the beginning of the pandemic so everyone was just like buzzing to be at a start line everyone was like super happy despite them making us run to the top of mountains covered in snow in a gale 
which was a little bit emotional at times. But it was awesome. And yeah, I had a really good race, which was nice because I've had two other races this year, which have not gone very well. So I was pretty happy to pull one out of the bag. (laughs) And this run at the weekend, this event, is this something that you say it's fantastic around Loch Ness? Is that something that you had to navigate yourself or was it marked course? Could you just focus on what you were doing? Yeah, no, it was fully marked. So yeah, there was like, they gave you the GPX routes if you wanted to like double check, but you didn't need to. There was a marker. And I think all of their events are fully marked, which is quite nice. It's like one less thing to think about. And do you like the navigation side of stuff as well when you you get out there in these events? Is that something that you enjoy or would you prefer these events where it's just follow this arrow type thing? So I like navigation when I'm doing stuff on my own. So like if it was like I want to go and run around the Isle of Wight, I like to then navigate that and find my own route. But if I'm racing, I do like it to be marked so I can like properly go for it. Yeah, because it's taking, I mean, the clock's ticking, isn't it? So yeah. if you're faffing about with, you know, I've got, I should have gone left at the church yeah. instead of going right. What church? I didn't see the church. Yeah. <laughs> then obviously that's going to cause you some issues, isn't it? Yeah. Can I ask you, if you don't mind, I like to talk about positivity on the show. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. But you mentioned a couple of races that didn't go to plan. Can I ask you about those? Yeah. Um, why that happened? So the first one was, it was a race called Project Carbon X, which was a Hoka event that we did in January, where there was a whole bunch of us trying to break different records. The guys were going for the world record, and I was going for to try and break the British and the European record. And my training had gone so well, like I felt awesome going into the event, started the race really well, like was on the pace to run the European record up to about 50k. And then all of a sudden, like my left leg just went really heavy. And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. And then I just couldn't lift my leg properly and like get a proper stride. And I basically just started to go get slower and slower. And it was a case of I just had to drag my ass to the finish line then. So it was a bit of a a long day. I ended up being out there for an hour longer than I planned. So I wanted to run seven hours and I ended up running eight hours and one minute. But it was still like a 23 minute PB. So I was like, well, bit disappointing that it didn't go to plan, but it still was a, a good result one way looking at it. But I came back and went and saw my osteo because we were trying to figure out what was wrong. And it turned out that I'd actually had a trap nerve in the bottom of my spine. So because of that, it led to some problems with my leg and some blood pooling in my quad. So it was annoying, but I was glad that I could figure out what was wrong. And it was literally that one little thing that like screwed up the race. But at least now I know that I can run that pace. I just have to find another road 100k to give it another bash. And then... Sorry, I was just going to say, Carl, I'm really pleased to ask you that question because, you know, to go through what you went through and it sounds like it's almost like you lost functionality of the leg. Mm-hmm. Like you say, you couldn't get a proper stride. It was it sound like it's almost like your leg's misfiring and you had to drag <laughs> yourself to yeah. the finish line. It wasn't what you'd set out to achieve. But that positive straight away out of it, and I always say to my runners, as I'm sure you do, the people you coach, every race is an opportunity to gain some experience from it and learn and move forward. And, you know, that confidence of, well, actually, I I know I can do the pace now. You know, the body just needs to play ball a little bit. And it wasn't in that event. It will be in another event. I I really like that. I really like that. Yeah. And then the other one was actually two weeks ago at a race called Canyons, where I was trying to qualify for a sport at Western States, which is like one of the biggest 
trail ultras in the world. And again, training had gone well. I was feeling good. Started the race, felt really good. And then it was in about 25k, my stomach just was not happy with me. I won't go into detail, but it involved me spending a lot of time in a bush um, for the rest of the day. And I couldn't eat or drink anything. Every time I tried to eat or drink, I just felt really sick and really nauseous and couldn't keep anything down. And I got to 55 kilometers and I just couldn't like walk or run. Like everything was a struggle. So I sat down and I was just like, I need to think about this because the doctor was like, I think you should think about dropping out of the race if you can't keep anything down. And I was like, let me think about it first. So I sat there for half an hour and thought about it. At which point a guy sitting next to me goes, do you want some of my chocolate brownie? And I was like, uh, maybe. He's like, just to let you know, it's got weed in it. I was like, um, <laughs> I'm all right, thanks. Sorry, can uh, I, were you in the yeah. bush at the time? You, you've moved on from the bush yeah. now. You're not I'm both at, in the bush, are I'm you? I'm at an aid station and a guy who's doing the same right. race is snacking <laughs> on cannabis chocolate brownies. I was like, all right. Wow. Wow. I don't want any, but you go nuts. Um, <laughs> wow. Weird. 50 quid says he's the race organiser of this Underground London Marathon. I'm telling you, it'll be him. It'll be him. He gets about. He gets about. Yeah. It's so funny. But wow. yeah, oh. I, the annoying thing is with that race is that I actually don't know what went wrong. And that's what's annoying. Like, I think I just got a bug that lasted for 24 hours. And it just coincided with the race and I was just unlucky because there is literally nothing that I can pinpoint it on. But again, like the positive from the race was a little win for me was that I'm normally so bloody stubborn that I'm like, I will drag myself to a finish line kicking and screaming where one of my old coaches had said to me, Carla, like I'd sprained my ankle at Ultra Trail Cape Town a couple of years ago. And he's like, why didn't you just pull out and then get back on the horse for the next race? And I was like, you're ridiculous. Like, why would I do that? Like, I need to finish. And I realised that this race, actually, I don't. Like, if you're sick or you're injured, like, finishing is just stupid because you're just destroying your body. And actually, by pulling out of that race resetting I then had an awesome race this weekend and if I'd carried on my race in Scotland this weekend would have probably been rubbish because I would have been dragging myself through the rest of the course with my weed brownie friend who I yeah yeah <laughs> did, the, did the weed did the weed brownie friend how did he fare in the run I mean did he, he finish looking, he, yeah he did finish he's still he, doing it wow <laughs> yes. he went, he went the wrong way yeah because this course was pretty savage i was like you don't really want to be tripping on this course in any wow. sense i absolutely, mean that's just yeah. absolute madness isn't it before we let you go we ha- we ask every single one of our guests this question you are not going to escape this question either are you ready for it go for it i must warn you carla that people have fallen at this hurdle it's gone wrong for guests at this hurdle. I mean, I'd say you've been a great guest up to this point, um, but uh, who knows? Who knows what could happen? Let's see. Let's oh. see. Carla, this is <laughs> Carla. This is your weekly dose of running it's motivation. A silly question. It's just that she's never going to come back. She's never going to come back on the show. Uh, this is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? <laughs> running so I can eat cake. <laughs> Is the best answer. (laughs) 
the best. Uh, just so we're clear, has the K has the K got any illegal substances in? I just need to check. I need no, to check. mine doesn't. Mine's oh, good, like good. A straight up lemon drizzle will do. Carla, thank you so much. If people want to catch up with you and find out a bit more about your yoga and your strength and conditioning and what you're up to, obviously we'll link your Instagram account in the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. But where can people catch up with you on your website? So either carlamolinaro.com or on Instagram, carlamolinaro. I'm very imaginative. It is what it is. Fantastic. Listen, great to chat to you, Carla. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. Well, I hope you're enjoying episode 75 of the podcast so far. Mixed bag of a show. We managed to go from uh, Brushcutter Barry next door to record-breaking ultras. I don't know how we did that. Seamless link. Quite impressed. Um, what should we talk about now? I'll tell you what we could talk about. You know, last week we were talking about Siri and you having the Indian Siri, in Indian version of Siri, hmm. and you get in on really well with him. Um, and you listen to podcasts, and you get Siri to play your podcast. Well, I, I found out in the week, and I didn't know how to do this. This is really stupid on me, because I'm a podcast person, and I've got, um, I swear by Alexas, we've got them all over the all over the house. And you can tell them to play podcasts. I had no idea you could do that. So I've got one here, and all you have to do is you just go, Alexa, play the podcast Running With Jake. Playing Running With Jake, the podcast from Amazon Music. Here's episode 74, Running with Jake, the podcast 074, house hunting, talent spotting, <laughs> and assistant accents. Right. Do you and think then we do like it, a dress rehearsal for the podcast? That's awesome. Or do we just, that is cool. I, I'm, I've got it. Alexa, it stop now. Although I do wonder if Alexa gets the impression that our listeners are stupid, because she she does repeat Running with Jake, the podcast, like in the space of like two seconds. I don't know. I don't know, but it works. All I'm saying is that that is a way, that is a good way to listen to podcasts that I didn't know that you could. That for me is a win. And there you go. This show's all about running tips and tricks, motivation, but we also give you some little tips and tricks where tech is concerned. Now, maybe we're, are we, are we becoming a tech show? Is that what we're becoming, Peter? We could, maybe we branch out? I don't think so, because we don't know what we're doing. Uh, however, the uh, when when you finish listening to podcasts, what you can do is then you can just have a general conversation with Alexa. And I'll often do that when my missus has gone to bed and I'll get her to read me poems out and stuff like that. It's a weird, it's a weird relationship we've got. But I, I like it. It's it's nice and it makes me feel special. If there is anybody out there listening to this show, if we've not lost you by now, um, we're about to take one of your questions. It is hashtag Ask Jake. Today's question comes from David who wants to know what a breathing rhythm is. He's heard this term banded around a lot and he doesn't really understand exactly what it means and more importantly how to actually apply it how to do it well a breathing rhythm simply means david that you have a rhythm with your breath obviously and it's often measured in numbers so it might be for example two two or it might be three three so let's take two two what that would mean is that you breathe in for two steps so you inhale and you take uh, two steps your left foot you place on the floor and your right foot you place on the floor that matches the two number the second two means that you exhale so you breathe out and again you take two steps so the first number in two two means the number of steps you take when you inhale and the second number means the number of steps that you take when you exhale so it could be two two it could be three three it could be three 
two to really blow your mind, which means you breathe in longer and slower and you exhale that little bit quicker. The important thing is it's about finding a rhythm when you run, almost irrespective of what that rhythm is. So I suggest a little tip for you. Next time you're out there on one of your easy runs, just start to focus in your mind. Focus in on what's happening with your breath and your feet what's the relationship between the two is there a pattern it's almost like trying to listen for music and one last bit of advice for you don't get too frustrated if it doesn't happen overnight because it can be quite tricky to find a rhythm but it's definitely something worth practicing david i hope that helps if you have a question it's hashtag ask jake or drop us a quick email at podcast at runningwithjake.com that brings us to the end of another episode of running with jake the podcast i hope you have indeed enjoyed today's show uh, a massive thank you to everybody that made it possible from pete the producer carla molinera our superb guest uh, brushcutter barry and of course not forgetting Alexa. It wouldn't have been possible without any of them. It really wouldn't. That reminds me, don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show using your favourite podcast app. We will be back here next Wednesday. Full episodes released every Wednesday. Until then, have a great week. Speak to you soon. Oh! No. It's a bit loud, that. Was that a bit loud? A bit loud, a bit sharp. And let me just back off a bit. Just back off a little bit. Just back off a little bit. It'll feel right. Okay. Oh! That was too loud. Oh. You backed off, but you shouted. Oh, perfect. And <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> we cannot become what we want to be by remaining what we are. <laughs>